The Edge is copyright 2006 by Scott Wittenberg. To learn more about this and other novels by the author, please visit scottwittenberg.com. And be sure to check out The Mayday Murders, another free podcast currently available by Scott Wittenberg. Chapter 10 As he rounded the corner, Adam turned down the volume on his tape deck and began looking for Laura's house. The street was short, having only a few houses on either side. He quickly spotted it near the middle on the left side. He pulled over and parked across the street and turned off the ignition. Adam took one last swig of his beer as he looked over at Laura's house. It was a relatively new two-story cottage overlooking a fairly good-sized lawn, with a couple of shrubs lining the walk. A driveway ran up to the left side of the house, and he saw Laura's car parked behind another car, which he assumed was her mother's. Adam got out and quietly closed the door. As he walked up the driveway, Adam felt more than a little nervous. It was almost as if he was going out on his first date with her. He had always been accustomed to Laura visiting him, and this new experience of picking her up at her house left him with an odd feeling. He reached the porch and took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. Laura opened the door and came out immediately. Hi. I hope you don't mind not coming in, but you know, Mom's in there and all, she said as she closed the door behind her. Oh, that's cool, Adam said, wondering why Laura so obviously didn't want him to meet her mother. He felt a little disappointed about that, but at the same time figured there would be other opportunities for that in the future, hopefully. Well, where to? Laura asked as they walked down the porch steps and headed toward Adam's car. Hell, I don't know. Let's just go to the beach somewhere. Since you know Long Island a lot better than I do, maybe you can suggest something that isn't too awfully far away, Adam said. Well, we could go to Jones Beach. It's not too far, and it's really nice. Great. Just show me the way. They reached Adam's car and got in. As he swung the car around, Adam realized that he no longer felt that nervous. He had always felt comfortable around Laura, and although he hadn't seen her in months, he almost felt as though he had just seen her the other night. You want a beer? Adam asked as he pulled out of her street. Sure. As Laura crouched back to get a beer out of the cooler, Adam glanced over at her flawless body and began thinking of the times they had made love together. It had always gone beyond the physical stage between them, at least it seemed so to him. It never mattered if it was before, during, or after the actual act. He had always felt a sort of beautiful mental bond between himself and her. Sometimes they had been like hungry animals, consuming each other as if the whole world would end tomorrow. Other times, they had taken it more calmly and more slowly, as if they had until eternity to be with each other. But always, there had been a caring nature to their love-making that had made it very beautiful. Adam now wondered if Laura had felt that way, too. Laura returned to her seat and opened up a beer. Take a ride up here at the light, she instructed. I'm backtracking, aren't I? Well, you have to get back on Oyster Bay to get to Jones, Laura said. Oh, I see. Adam opened up the glove compartment and rummaged through the cassettes. He picked out Regatta de Blanc by the police, glancing at the tape with a new song on it. He chuckled to himself. What's so funny? Laura asked. Nothing in particular, Adam replied. It sure has been a long time, eh? Yeah, I thought I was going to be nervous, but I feel pretty relaxed. It's almost as if I just saw you last night. I was just thinking the same thing. Take a ride here. Right. Adam stuck in the tape. Message in a bottle ripped out of the speakers, and the song brought back memories to him. It had been their second or third night together. He couldn't remember for sure. It had been a cold night in November, and they had had a few drinks at the kitchen table and listened to music. 
Adam had decided to turn out the lights and make it a bit more romantic, so he lit a candle. It was on this particular night that Adam realized just how much the two of them had in common, as they faced each other and expressed their worldly views. Several times throughout the night, he had almost felt as if it were himself sitting across from him, as if they were one and the same person. "'What are you thinking about?' Laura asked. "'I'm almost afraid to say,' he replied. Then he said, "'We really do have a lot in common, don't we? "'You hardly know me.' How can you say that? I just feel it, that's all. Let's drop it, Adam said dryly. Fine with me, Laura replied coolly. Adam suddenly realized they had better cool it before they started an argument. He had to remind himself that he was treading on thin ice tonight. Can you get me a beer? Sure, Laura said. Take a ride here. Laura got another beer out of the cooler and handed it to Adam. He took a swig as he turned onto Seaford Oyster Bay Expressway and headed south. The traffic was considerably light as he sped up to sixty and held it there. Adam lit up a cigarette and rested back against the seat. As the title track on Regatta de Blanc filled the interior of the car with pulsating reggae, he felt content just to sit back and enjoy the good music as he zoomed along this unfamiliar highway. They drove along in relative silence for the next fifteen minutes or so, and Adam noted the various exit signs for such towns as Wanta and Massapequa all names of American Indian origin. Someone had told him that many of the towns on Long Island were indigenous to the American Indians, and he noted the similarity to his hometown back in southern Ohio. The state forest came to mind, which was named after the Shawnee Indians. As he thought of Shawnee Forest, Adam suddenly felt a strange longing to be there, to just sit and observe the trees and lakes, as he had done so many times before in the past, before moving up to this godforsaken jungle of steel and concrete. Just another four miles and we'll be there, Laura declared as the highway merged onto the Wanta State Parkway. Adam was immediately snapped out of his reverie. Great, he said, excited at the prospect of seeing the ocean in something real and natural for a change. He instinctively sped up and in a short time became aware of the smell of salt in the air and traces of sand along the highway. They were definitely near the ocean. Okay, slow down a little bit. See those toll booths there? Just drive right through them and bear to the left, Laura instructed. The public beaches hadn't yet opened for the season, and the area was desolate. Adam had hoped that there wouldn't be a lot of people around, and the desolation was a welcome sight to him. What we have to be on the lookout for is the beach patrol. Let's keep on going until we find a parking area that's open, Laura said. What happens if they catch us? If the area is open, probably nothing. On the actual beach itself? I really don't know, Laura replied. Doesn't make much sense, does it? Not really, she laughed. They continued driving along the deserted road. Adam noticed that all of the parking areas were chained off, and it became doubtful if they were ever going to find a safe place to park. Hell, we're going to run out of beach pretty soon if we don't find something, he declared impatiently. We're on a strip of land that goes on for miles, Adam. Haven't you ever looked at Long Island on one of those maps you have back there? Oh, yeah, I remember now, Adam said with a sheepish grin. Just as he finished that last sentence, Adam spotted an open parking lot to the left on the other side of the road. There's one. Yeah, that looks okay. We'll have to go on the other side of the highway, though. Keep driving until you find a break in the median strip. Right, Adam replied as he slowed the car down and began peeling his eyes for a break in the divider. After about another mile or so, they came upon a break between the two lanes of the highway. Adam swung a wide U-turn to the other side, the tires squealing as he did so. Within minutes, they reached the open parking area, and Adam pulled into it. The parking lot was large and completely shrouded in darkness due to the absence of a single street lamp. 
He drove the car over to the furthest corner of the lot near a sandy walkway, which apparently led to the beach, and parked. As he turned off the lights and the ignition, all was dark and very quiet. Well, let's go, he chimed merrily as he reached for the door handle. I don't suppose you brought a flashlight, did you? Laura asked. Nah, but we won't need one. There's a full moon tonight. You always were an optimist, Laura said as she stepped out of the car. God, it's freezing out here, Adam exclaimed as he got out. I told you it gets pretty cold out here. Hope you brought a coat. I did, thank God, Adam said, feigning a shiver. He went around to the back of the car and opened up the hatch. He found his light spring jacket lying near the cooler and put it on. It didn't help much as the wind seemed to rip right through it. We're going to have to build a fire somehow. It's freaking freezing with this wind blowing ninety miles an hour. Oh, it isn't that cold, Adam. Adam noticed the thermal underwear beneath Laura's coat and realized why she wasn't complaining. He took out the cooler and blankets, then shut the hatch. Well, let's go check it out, he said, and the couple began walking toward the walkway. You won't be too impressed with this site, I'm afraid. The beach is really small and there's land across the water. I think it's some kind of inlet, Laura said as she walked beside him. It can't be that bad. A beach is a beach. They reached the small winding path and in a short time came to the water's edge. To Adam, it resembled a sandbar in the Ohio River. This sucks. Let's cross the highway and see a real beach. I told you so, Laura said in a sing-song voice. Adam cast her a fake sneer, then turned around and headed back up the path. Laura caught up to him and took one of the handles of the cooler as the two of them continued up the path. When they reached the parking lot and made their way across the highway, Adam recalled the day Laura had announced that she wanted to end their relationship. They had had an argument the last night they'd been together, and he hadn't thought much of it at the time, deciding that it was merely a petty indifference probably brought on by too much drink. He had decided to let things simmer down some until a week had gone by and he hadn't gotten a call from her. Normally, Laura would call him at least every other night. Suspecting that something was amiss, he had decided to give her a call. When he called, he couldn't help but notice a sort of distance in her tone of voice and manner. Suddenly, out of the clear blue, she flatly told him that she did not want to see him any more. Adam had been totally shocked at her sudden change of heart. When he had finally recovered to some extent, he asked her why, and she began explaining how reality was to blame for her decision. She told him that she simply lived too far away, and with school starting up again soon, she just wouldn't have any time to be with him. As she told him this, Adam had started trembling like a leaf. He had actually put his coat on halfway through the conversation, because he felt as if he were freezing to death. The sensation he had experienced that night was completely bizarre and inexplicable, and he knew that he would never forget that cold, dismal feeling for the rest of his life. With his voice shaking uncontrollably, he had told her if that was what she wanted, he wouldn't bother her any more. Adam had a lot of pride and wasn't about to try and change her mind, so he left it at that and began the arduous task of trying to forget her. But for some reason, he just couldn't forget. As hard as he had tried to put Laura out of his mind, the healing just never began to happen. Tonight, he decided, he would swallow his pride. Tonight, he was hoping for a second chance. He simply had to get her back. They reached the other side of the highway and began making their way between the high dunes. Adam could hear the waves crashing on the shore as they neared the beach. Moments later, they reached the beach and the scene was absolutely breathtaking. Look at those waves, Adam exclaimed. This is great. It is beautiful, Adam. The wind is sure a pisser, though. 
The sea breeze, indeed, had a gale-like quality to it. Adam looked up and down the beach. Maybe we can get out of this wind further up on the beach. It looks like the dunes jut out a bit more there, he said, gesturing to the right. Okay, Laura hollered over the din of the surf and relentless wind. With the beer and ice rattling inside the cooler, they began walking toward the dunes. The wind was considerably less prevalent as they made their way between two particularly long and high dunes that nearly stretched all the way out to the crashing surf. As they rested the cooler on the sand, Adam noticed an old car tire lying nearby. Hey, I've got an idea. We can make a fire with this old tire. We used to burn tires when we went ice skating back in Ohio. It'll smoke like crazy and stink a bit, but it'll burn for hours. All we have to do is get the damn thing started. The sooner the better. I'm freezing, Laura shivered. It's not that cold, Laura, Adam taunted. Smart ass, Laura snapped, and they both started laughing. What we need is some kindling, Adam declared. He surveyed the beach, but all he could see was sand and a small patch of brush lining the dunes. The situation didn't look very promising. Well, let's spread out and see what we can come up with. There has to be some wood somewhere around here, he said to Laura, trying to look as optimistic as possible. Laura's eyes widened. I know what we can do, she exclaimed. She suddenly broke into a run up the side of one of the dunes. We can use these, she called back to Adam as she pulled out one of the wooden posts from a down fence that had once run along the top of the dunes. Adam ran up to the sand dune and joined her. Great idea. Why didn't I think of that? Laura looked at him with a satirical smile. Because sometimes, my dear boy, you ain't too bright. Thank you, he said with a stupid grin. I guess I'm just a dumb old hick from the Midwest who should know better than try to outsmart you city slickers from the East, eh? You've got it. Of course you realize that this fence wood is totally useless without some kindling to get it started, I assume. So what does your great mind suggest that we do about that? Laura thought for a moment, then looked at him with a sheepish grin. Can't really come up with an answer to that. Why, you're slipping, my dear. We use this, he said, pulling out a handful of the dry brush sticking out of the sand. Okay, so we're both geniuses, Laura said. Adam grinned. It'll take more than a genius to get a fire started in this wind under such diverse conditions. It'll take a freaking master fire builder from the wilds of the heartland to pull such a feat off. In a few minutes, I shall show you my expertise at this craft. But right now, we need to gather up the raw materials. So start pulling out those fence posts, Hiawatha, and I'll meet you over at the tire. Yes, sir, running mouth, Laura quipped. Adam ran down to the base of the dune where the brush was thickest and began gathering up several bunches of the dry weeds. In a short time, he had as much as he thought would be necessary to ignite the fence posts and headed back to the old tire to wait for Laura to return with the wood. As he began stuffing the brush into the hollow of the tire, Adam was delighted at how well the night had gone so far. Laura had been perfectly amiable and seemed to be enjoying herself, which he felt was about as much as he could hope for at this point. He did sense a slight bit of detachment in her behavior, but he figured that was probably due to the long lapse of time since they had been with each other, and that she more than likely felt a little strange about this sudden reunion. For that matter, he also felt a little strange and slightly detached. But he also figured that as the night went on, that would surely all change. Laura looked simply stunning tonight, and Adam wondered if they would be making love on the beach later on. He smiled to himself as he realized that that would be just too much to expect. But just the same, it would be nice if it happened. 
Who knows, he thought to himself. Maybe after a few beers, it just might feel like the natural thing to do. At any rate, at least they were together now, and that was all that really mattered. And when they got back to the car, he'd play her his new song and do some serious talking about the future. Hell, maybe he'd just talk to her about it here on the beach. This suspense was killing him. Oh well, he decided. He'd just play it by ear. That was the best thing to do. After all, he wasn't asking her to marry him, for Christ's sakes. All he wanted to do was to start seeing her again on some kind of regular basis. If she would just consent to that, they could let fate decide the rest.